Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. And both uh, Kevin and Daphne did such a great job of talking with their masks on this morning. I'm not going to. <laughs> I, w- I was impressed by them, but I'm going to go ahead and, and go mask free as I speak. And as Kevin mentioned, next Sunday will be our, uh, today's our last Sunday with masks. Next week, you have the option to feel free to come without them. Uh, I, I believe that statewide and regionally, we're hovering close to that 70% mark that they say is safe. I know that many uh, retail establishments and other places have dropped their mask mandates, and I know several churches in the area that have already. So we're going to go ahead and do that. But as Kevin said, if you feel more comfortable for any reason whatsoever, you're free to continue to do that. And if you have any questions about that, you can reach out to me this week and we'll, we'll be, you know, I'll, I'll talk with you a little bit about it, but, but as of next Sunday, you won't be required to. So with that, uh, we're continuing our study in Ephesians. We've been working our way through Ephesians uh, for quite some time now, taking our time. I, 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 again, I have gone slowly intentionally because it's such a rich book. There's just so, so much. And, uh, but we're we're starting in chapter five today, so we're two thirds of the way through. My assumption is we'll wrap up Ephesians sometime towards the end of summer, and do some topical teaching through the fall. And then as we get closer to the holidays, I kind of have some ideas of things I want to try to do that'll be uh, a little different than we've done before this year. So I'm just going to give you that teaser right now. That's going something new and exciting, or at least new. Anyway. Um, Last week, uh, at the end of chapter four, our, our title last week was Vital Signs, and we talked about a few things that Paul lists there as ways in which uh, we can kind of, you know, do a check and see how we are. How, how are we doing in terms of our relationship with, with God and with one another? And one of those was speaking the truth in love, uh, developing a... Um, a, a relationship with others that allows us to have some level of vulnerability and trust. And, and you know, it's so important. I was just thinking about that as people, as human beings created in the image of God, we need that. We need to be able to be vulnerable with one another and trust one another, be able to be at a place where that's a reality. But the, the truth is that in, in our culture today, that's very rare. Most of the time, I think we feel as though we have to be somewhat guarded. Um, and, I, and I think it, today, even more so than ever, I mean, it used to be 
if you took a risk and were open and vulnerable, somebody might gossip about you, but today they might post about you and everybody will know. And so there's a lot of fear associated with that. But uh, hopefully in the body of Christ, as, as Paul said, we can, we, we can speak the truth in love. We can be vulnerable, be open, take those risks and have confidence that those are things that we can uh, care and love and pray with one another through. Um, he also talked about it and we looked at appropriately channeling our emotions, particularly anger. Um, and and I've, I, again, I want to just reiterate in terms of scripture, uh, it's not a sin to be angry. And there are times at which I believe anger is actually called for. There are, there are things at which we should be angry, but that said, there are also appropriate ways for us to channel that anger. Um, and we can sin, even though it's not a sin to be angry, we can sin by inappropriately channeling our anger and lashing out at others. Uh, and, and what the scripture said there is, you know, that allows the devil to get a foothold and to begin his work our way, his way into our lives. And I want to say this today, and this is just, a, again, I'm just reviewing last week right now a little bit, but I thought of this actually this morning talking about the devil getting a foothold. It's a lot easier to let him in than it is to get him out. Once, once the devil gains access into your life, maybe you've experienced this. I know I have. Something sets you off. You know, it could be a little thing. And all of a sudden, it just becomes this huge thing in your mind and in your heart, and it takes over. And I realize it's a lot easier to let the devil in than to get him out. And so don't give the devil a foothold. Be cautious in how you channel uh, anger and emotions appropriately. And then the last thing was, he talked about work and earning an honest wage. And the goal being not simply to uh, make a lot of money and and accumulate stuff, which, look... I get it. I like stuff as much, much as the next person, okay? I like buying cool things. I, I, I'm a little bit of an uh, Instagram junkie. I, I, I Sometimes I see something, and I go, that looks really cool, and, and I order it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just being honest right now. I'm confessing before you. <laughs> But the goal is not to accumulate stuff. It's okay to buy cool things sometimes. But the goal is to work and, and, and have resource that we might be able to share with one another. So who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll buy you something one of these days. <laughs> I'll see something cool and I'll think, hey, they'd like that. I'll buy that. So uh, that was the uh, last few verses last week of chapter four today. We're getting into chapter five of Ephesians, and uh, this is kind of the sort of heart of the letter, I think. This is the passage, uh, we titled our series, our series, Living a Life of Love, and it's kind of from this section that we took the title for it, um, and as we approached it, as I got to this section, I was reading it this week, and I realized it, it, it's not super... Uh, Splashy. It's not controversial. There's no 
theological dispute over what these first few verses of Ephesians 5 mean. It's pretty straightforward, kind of normal, kind of routine stuff, you know? But I also realized that it, it, it really is very much core. It's very central to, to everything. So, so our title this morning, if you want to go to the title slide for me there, Naomi, is Walk This Way. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no deference to uh, Aerosmith. But uh, if, you, if you understand that joke, then you probably need prayer. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I can't help myself sometimes. Um, I like Aerosmith. Let's pray. <laughs> Get me out of here. Jesus, uh, thanks for this body. I just love this church, Lord, so much. And I'm so blessed to be able to be here in your presence with these people today. So we ask that you would anoint your word and uh, just help me to say something intelligent. Amen. There we go. Hey, hey, hey. That's not nice. Two verses this morning, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be imitators of God, therefore, as beloved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Amen. Be imitators of God. That's the goal. It's the only, only place in scripture Paul tells us to be, or anybody for that matter, I believe, to be imitators of God. Uh, there's a few places, I didn't cross-reference them all, but Paul says things like, imitate me or follow me as I follow Christ. And I, I, I think that's a good thing. There are those people, we all have those people in our life that we look up to and say, you know, I, I hope I, I'm like that someday. And, and that's a good deal. It's a good deal to have those people in your life. If you don't, uh, pray about it, think about it. We all need that. But here, Paul says something unique. He says, be imitators of God. Uh, the word imitate uh, in Greek is, I'm going to try to say this right. It's a hard word. Mimiteos, I, I believe. Mimiteos. And uh, but the, the important point is that from that word, we get the English word mimic. So uh, the word mimic is an interesting word because it can be interpreted either positively or negatively. Negatively, we might say um, we don't want to mimic God in the sense that somebody is bossy or pushy. You know, you might say, well, that guy thinks he's God, you know, and we don't want to mimic somebody in the sense that, you know, like you, 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 and, and, and you, you mock them or make fun of them, talk like they talk or whatever. What Paul means here is actually to be, he's saying, be like God really is. Be like God really is. And as I thought about that this week, I realized that is a multidimensional kind of reality Again, we talked last week about work and, you know, God um, worked at creation for six days. So we're to follow after God, to be like him and that we work. But at the end of that time, he rested and we're also to rest. And again, I, I encouraged you all to work last week. And today I want to encourage you to rest. Sometimes uh, there, there are a few of us who work better than we rest. And they're both important. You need to be able to do both. Um, God also, you know, in Genesis, if you look at the creation story there, uh, 
you know, we, we rule over creation and there's a, a dynamic of doing that with compassion and with love and with concern and with care. And I don't know where you're at, how you feel about the whole, uh, creation care, environmental sort of thing. But I think it's important. I think God gave us this world to take care of. I, I'm a gardener. I love growing things and seeing beauty. Donna and I took a date last week and went to the Oregon Garden. How many of you have ever been to Oregon Garden? We, we have never been there before. Oh my gosh. I was, I was like in heaven. I, was literally, I, I love plants, man. I was just wandering around staring at beautiful plants. It was just so fun. But I think creation is amazing and beautiful and, and, and like God, mimicking God, we should be that way. We should care about it and love it and appreciate it. Um, so, you know, we can think of mimicking God in those, in those realms, uh, taking from the book of Genesis. But beyond that, it might be a little hard to think, what does that look like? How do we do that? Mimic God, because God is in, in, in many ways, he's sort of up there, out there, big, kind of vague, and you, you go, I don't know how that works. Uh, so as always, I would say we do what we do, and that is turn to Jesus. We look at Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation of God, and, and he came for our salvation, for our redemption. But beyond that, what, what Jesus left for us, I think, among other things, is a real tangible example of how we live. How, how are we supposed to live life? You know, Jesus walks and talks. He, he lives and breathes. He, Jesus deals with difficult people. He, he, you know, he deals with jerks. He, he, he deals with, uh, you, you know, the Karens who want to see the manager. Yeah, amen. I was just thinking about that. What if, you know, like Jesus is working at Target. And Karen comes up and says, hey, I want to see your manager. What does Jesus do with that? Jesus was a carpenter by trade. Any carpenters? Amateur carpenters? You're an amateur carpenter. I know that. Ever whack your thumb with a hammer? What'd you say? He might have said, oh, this. <laughs> maybe he said, ouch. Maybe he said something else. How do we imitate Jesus? Jesus was a real person, but he was also God. Uh, a couple of things, just again, uh, harking back to last week, he spoke the truth in love. I, there's another dimension to that. I talked about being vulnerable, taking risks, and speaking the truth in love. But sometimes that means coming to a friend or another person in love with things that might be a little uncomfortable to talk about. And I, I thought of the woman at the well, you know, and there's this ra seemingly random encounter. And Jesus talks about living water and uh, she says, I want that. And Jesus says, well, go get your husband. And she says, Oh, I, you know, I, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, well, you know what you say is true. Uh, you've had five husbands and the man that you're with now is not your husband. So he that was truth and it was in love. Jesus wasn't condemning her. He didn't condemn her or judge her. Um, he spoke the truth in love to her 
And his, his heart's desire for that woman at that moment was a better future, was something better than she'd known thus far. I thought of the rich young ruler who was enamored of Jesus. He saw him and he goes, man, I, uh, there's something about that guy. And he says, I want to follow you. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, here's what you got to do. You have to sell everything you have and give it all away to the poor. And then you can come and follow me. And it says, I, it's one of the most tragic verses in the gospels to me. He went away sad. He couldn't pull it off. And I think, again, Jesus was being truthful. There's a cost. Jesus loved people who are hard to love. Jesus loved people who were generally ostracized and unacceptable in the course of life. You know, it's... uh, It's Pride Month. Anybody know that? I don't know how you could not know that. Uh, it's a lot of publicity, a lot of things happening. And I found myself kind of questioning, what would Jesus be doing during Pride Month? Is he uh, protesting, holding up signs that say God hates you? Or is he on the corner with a case of cold water, handing out cold water to people walking by? Um, you know, what, what's his heart in the midst of that? J- Jesus wasn't the guy shouting, hey, I have my rights. I'm going to stand on my rights. Jesus was the guy who laid down his rights uh, for the benefit of those that are undeserving. He laid down his rights for your rude uncle. He laid down his rights for that kid that always drives through the neighborhood too fast. Laid down his rights for that lazy coworker that you always have to work extra to cover for them. He laid down his rights for those folks. Sometimes, and I don't know, everybody's church experience is different. You know, when you get to be as old as a few of us here, you've been around and you've been to different churches and you've seen different things and you've experienced different dynamics in church life. But sometimes there's this idea of what I get. It's bless me, bless me. I remember, you know, I love a good revival as well as anybody, but there have been times of revival in my history where kind of the dynamic was you got to go get under the spout where the glory comes out. And it was really about, can I go and receive more? I want to get more. I want to get filled up, but I got filled up last week, but I'm going to get filled up again today. And look, I mean, I, you know, I love that. I love the presence of God and being in God's presence. But I also believe we need to think like Jesus and live like Jesus and love like Jesus. And I'm not sure it's necessarily all about what I get and being filled up. Uh, I think the idea is I get filled up that I might then, like Jesus, turn and give out of that. It's not about what I get. It's really about what do I give? How can I contribute? But but here's the thing, and this is this is super, super important. This is the mystery of the kingdom, okay? This is the mystery of the kingdom. The mystery of the kingdom is that's how you actually get blessed. That's how you actually get blessed. 
John Wimber used to say, we give to get, to give, to get, to give. And we equate that. I've said that before in regard to finances, we give financially and then God blesses that. And then we have more to give back. But that same dynamic is also true, not just of finances, but of time, of energy and of our love. As we give of those things, God multiplies them back to us that we might have more to give. That really is the mystery of the kingdom. It's not about receiving. It's about giving and knowing in your heart of hearts that that blesses and honors and glorifies God. And he's going to pour himself back out into you as you do that. And we do all of that. Go ahead, Naomi, the next slide as beloved children. Children have a natural uh, proclivity to imitate their parents, right? And anybody who's been a parent knows that can be good or that can be bad. It's a little uh, four-year-old spilled their milk, said a bad word. Mom is in shock. Where did you hear that? Dad's going, I don't know. I, preschool. I think it's those preschoolers over there that said, I don't know. I don't know where you heard that word. It's not, certainly not from me. It could be good or bad, but not if you're a child of God. It's all good being a children of God. Go ahead. The next one. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. One more. Boom. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. And one more. See what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And what's the next verse? The next line. And that is what we are. Thank you, Daphne. That is what. We are children of God. There's no bad. It's all good. And if you're like me, it doesn't always feel like that, right? Um, We talked last week about renewing your mind and believing your beliefs and doubting your doubts. Um, and, and, And the thing is, sometimes you don't feel like a child of God. You have to look back to Scripture again. You have to remind yourself that that is what we are, knowing that the feelings will follow. As I do that, the feelings will follow. Um, and you might, again, typically you, you think, well, yeah, I'm a child of God, but, you know, sometimes I sin. And that's another way that the enemy gets his foot in the door uh, is it doesn't take very long to go from sometimes I sin to, well, I'm just a sinner. But, but that's not a natural connection. Sometimes we sin. That's true. But that doesn't make you a sinner. Uh, We all have things that set us off and we all fall short sometimes, but that does not define us. That's not who we are. Who we are is children of God. The old is past, the new has come. We're a new creation in Christ. You remember 
you know, I encourage you guys back at the beginning of this series to read uh, Ephesians through start to finish. You might want to do that again uh, at this point. Back in chapter two, Paul said, we were children of wrath. Remember that we were operative word is were children of wrath. We're not any longer. Now we're children of God. And now, uh, next slide, we walk in the way of love. To walk, I mean, we talk about our Christian life. It's very common to think of our, our Christian experience as our walk. And that comes from scripture. It's one of Paul's favorite metaphors or images. He talks about walking it out, walk, you know, our, our walk. And, and it's a very good image, really, because life is a walk. It's not static. Uh, faith is, is not static. It's not about this moment. On any given moment, anything might happen. But it's about all of the moments strung together. And the reality is that when you string all the moments together, our lives are moving in a direction towards God. And, and sometimes we get off course a little bit, but ultimately we get back on and we continue to walk it out. We're walking out, we're working through uh, being imitators of God. That's how it happens day in, day out, moment by moment, day by day. We walk this life out. Um, we, we do that in, in imitation of what we see in God. Uh, it closes by, you know, we do it sacrificially. Um, you know, and I'm reminded, I think we think of the sacrifice of Jesus very often. We go to the cross, which is super true. That's the ultimate sacrifice Jesus made for us was dying on the cross. But I'm reminded this morning that every moment of his life was a sacrifice for you and I. And that he not only died sacrificially, but he lived sacrificially as well. And that's how we're to live, sacrificially in deference to one another. So my prayer this week for myself, and I'll pray it for you too, is that we would have opportunities to to walk out our faith sacrificially in deference to one another, that we might find ways to encourage and love and care for one another during the course of that. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give. We'll see you next week.